Welcome to Life Simply Better, the podcast for busy working moms who crave a simpler, more relaxed life, but aren't quite sure how to get there. I'm your host and coach, Zoe Galitzis, and I'll take you step-by-step through creating that simpler life you crave. Hey guys, welcome to the show. How are you today? Can you believe November is halfway done already? I think that's crazy. Time is flying by, but I hope you're having a good fall and I'm excited to share this episode with you. Today we are going to talk about career. Specifically, we're going to talk about a book called How Women Rise by Sally Helgeson and Marshall Goldsmith. And ever since I decided to do this podcast, I have known that I wanted to do an episode on this book. It's so good. It features 12 habits that are holding you back from your next raise, promotion, or job. And I want to tell you, even if you don't consider yourself to be, quote unquote, ambitious or career focused, make sure to listen, because these are the same habits that I think hold many women back from living their true purposes and creating the relaxed, simple lives they crave. And it's funny, I would put myself in that camp because initially this book was recommended to me by my sponsor as part of a leadership program. And as soon as I heard the title, How Women Rise, I was immediately turned off, to be honest, because career has never been my priority. So yes, I'm in this leadership program, I have a leadership role at work, but it hasn't been something that I've really been striving for. It's just sort of how my career has fallen into place. And I've always felt like I wasn't that career focused. And the the title of How Women Rise and Thinking How Do I Rise in My Career it just wasn't really something that I felt like was, um, you know, my area of focus. But I'm so glad that I took my sponsor's advice and read this book because Just the word ambition, even just that word, it's made me really rethink what that means. And I'm going to read a quote from the book that I think really captures that. So the quote is, yet it's striking the extent to which women allow ambition to be defined for them. There's no reason that aspiring to have satisfying work and make a difference in the world cannot be a form of ambition. No reason ambition must automatically be viewed as arrogant, self-centered, or untrustworthy. I think that's such a great quote. And I think I'm not the only woman who feels uncomfortable with the word ambition or identifying herself as an ambitious Woman, And if you feel that way too, I want to encourage you to just take a minute right now and think about that. Think about what are your ambitions, given that you can define them however you would like to. And so after thinking about this some more, I've decided, you know what? I am an ambitious woman. I want a simple, relaxed life. I want to enjoy being with my family without being distracted by all those little things that don't really matter. I want to speak with my own voice, with the confidence that my words are just what someone else needs to hear. Those are my ambitions, and I think those are great ambitions. And I think for a long time, I've just kind of poo-pooed them because maybe they're not the stereotypical ambitions or what we identify in kind of a typical career track. But I think that, you know, upon reflection... 
they are just as valid and they are my ambitions. So again, I want to ask you, what about you? What are your ambitions in life? I think, you know, sometimes we've been taught to think that ambition is bad or unfeminine or narrowly defined, and it really isn't. So just a fun exercise to do as you're driving and listening to this or wherever you happen to be. Think about what are your ambitions in life? I'm sure there's something. So let's talk some more about these 12 habits, because that really is the focus of the book. And again, the book is called How Women Rise. It's by Sally Helgeson and Marshall Goldsmith. And I will for sure link to it in the description of this podcast. So the book goes through 12 behaviors that are holding women back in their careers that they probably don't even realize they are doing. Um, And I think the book makes a really interesting point towards the beginning, too, that continuing to grow in your career or even in your life in general isn't so much about adding things on top of what you're already doing. It's really about identifying what to let go of. It's really about finding out what you should stop doing that's keeping you stuck so that you can move forward. And being a minimalist, I love that approach to looking at things. And I think it's so true. I think so many of us are busy because there are a lot of things that we're spending time on that are not really serving us, but we have trouble letting them go. But if we can let them go, it just opens up this whole new world. So that's the spirit of the book is really highlighting. Here are some things that you could consider letting go of. And if you don't want to read the whole book, I would still suggest buying it and just reading the first few chapters. It's available, you know, on Kindle, hardcover, however you like to read. You can read the first several chapters and get a really good sense for each of these habits. And then if there's particular habits that you want to drill down into in more detail, you can focus on those additional chapters. There's a lot of great anecdotes and case studies in the book. So I am going to pick out several of the behaviors that resonated with me and talk through those a little bit more. And then at the end, I'm going to tie this back to the self-coaching model that I've been talking about throughout this podcast series and talk about how you can use self-coaching and the self-coaching model to help you let go of some of these habits that may not be serving you. So the first of the 12 behaviors that I want to mention specifically is a reluctance to claim your achievements. And often this is masked as giving credit to others. This is so me, you guys. I will tell you, it's so common that someone gives me a compliment and I say something like, well, I just, I have a really great team. Or um, I'll say, you know, really, it wasn't so hard because so-and-so had it all set up for me. And so I'll give this credit to other people, which is totally not a bad thing to do. And, And I do it with good intentions. I think it's interesting to notice uh, that taking credit for ourselves, though, often feels uncomfortable. If, you know, if someone said, you know, great job on this project, project, Would you feel comfortable saying, thanks, yeah, I'm really happy with how it turned out? 
and not um, not really having to elaborate beyond that. I think a lot of us would feel uncomfortable doing that. I know I certainly did at first. And again, I'm not saying you need to stop giving credit to your team. I think giving credit to your team and recognizing them and giving feedback is incredibly important. But I think it's also important for your team to see a leader who is comfortable taking a compliment and comfortable being proud of themselves and not having to apologize over their achievements. And something that I have really practiced uh, recently is even just when someone gives me a compliment, just saying thanks and not sort of apologizing it away or not reducing the compliment they just gave. And not only do I think that's a really good um, way to model behavior for your team, especially um, women team members or women that might be junior to you that are really looking to you as, as a guide, but I also think it actually feels really good for the person giving the compliment. I think when someone compliments an achievement that you've had and you just sort of um, backpedal and say, oh, it really wasn't that big a deal, it's kind of like you're pushing their compliment back at them. It's like you're not really receiving the gift that they're giving you. So I think all around just practicing being able to take a compliment is a great thing to try out. Yeah, it feels a little uncomfortable, but after you do it a few times, it actually feels really good and really empowering. So that was the first one, reluctance to claim your achievements. The second one is expecting others to spontaneously notice and reward your contributions. And not only do I do this at work, but I could really relate to this in my marriage too. Do you ever feel like your husband or your spouse or partner should just know what you want without you having to tell them? I feel like this is a little bit like that too. And I've realized in my career, especially as I get into more senior level roles, that um, I'm acting more and more independently in my role. And my boss and my boss's boss have less and less of an idea what I do. And I think we're in the work all day. We see it all happen. And so it's very visible to us. And it's just really easy to forget that it's not top of mind for everyone else. And I think then what we get into is, um, again, sort of this reluctance to claim our own achievements, just like I talked about in the first habit, where we feel kind of like we're bragging if we tell our boss what we've been doing. But you really need to keep in mind, they just might not know. And it might be really good for them to hear about what you are doing. And it might actually help them do a better job and help them meet their objectives too, if you can actually give them an idea of what's going on. So again, just towing that line and pushing yourself a little bit into that discomfort zone of like, oh, I hope I'm not bragging here. I, I have not found any downsides to doing this. I haven't had anyone come up and tell me since I read this book, wow, Zoe, you got a really big ego all of a sudden. I really don't think you need to be concerned with that. I think it's just good communication to um, to tell your boss and your superiors what's going on and note even proactively where you have achieved things. So that was expecting others to spontaneously notice and reward your contributions. People cannot read your mind. 
I have for many years thought that my husband should be able to read my mind, but he can't and no one else can either. The next one that I wanna mention is building rather than leveraging relationships. So I think stereotypically we think of women as really having great relationship building skills and many of us do. I don't know if I would actually put myself in that camp because I'm a huge introvert, but I do really like the people that I work with and I do think I have a pretty good network. But what this point is about is not so much building the relationship, but leveraging it once you have it and really asking for things from the other person in that relationship with you that can benefit you. And obviously you want to do that with something where there's a mutual advantage or, you know, you're not just, um, you're not just sponging off of the other person. But again, I think we're a little bit shy sometimes about asking for what we want. And Often it's a really good feeling to the other person to help someone out. Think about how good you feel when you can like really genuinely help another colleague, help them build what they're trying to work towards in their career. That's a good feeling. So I don't know why we feel so shy about asking for what we want from others and really taking advantage of the relationships we have. But one more thing to think about just trying out and seeing how it goes. All right, next one, and then I'm going to wrap up and move into self-coaching and how that relates to all of this. Um, The last one I want to talk about is putting your job before your career. I think this is huge. I think there are so many women that I see that are just excellent at their jobs, meaning they're excellent at the role they are playing right now. And sometimes... I think we can do that to the detriment of building our careers. So if you think about it, what is going to grow your career, get you the next promotion, really develop you, may not be doing a stellar job at what you're doing now. Of course, you want to do a good job. You want to be a good team player. I'm not suggesting anything to the contrary, but the very nature of growth requires us to do some things that we're not good at yet. And I think a lot of us get in a comfort zone of doing what we're really good at and feeling like we can really excel there and not looking to what's next on the horizon. And you might think, and I have thought for many years that, well, I'm just not that interested in growing my career. But I would ask you to question that. I think a lot of us say that, especially if we have kids, because we're concerned about that compromising our work-life balance. And I think that actually, if you are invested in your job and you're engaged and you're growing in your job, that actually becomes fuel for the rest of your life. I think that makes you show up differently and be more present with your family. Now, this all depends on really good time management skills too, right? That's part of the equation. That's not the focus of this episode, but that's something I've talked about in other episodes. But I really do think it's possible to focus on growing in your career and have an amazing work-life balance. And so, and I think though what is required to grow in your career is to be a little bit uncomfortable and not just put your job first, meaning the role that you're currently doing, but think longer term 
about what you want to be investing in, in growth for yourself, which is not selfish, by the way, because ultimately investing in growing your career benefits the company that you're working for. You become more valuable as you grow and learn how to function at a more and more senior level. So when I say putting your job before your career, like it's this habit to drop, don't think that you have to become a slacker at your current job. I'm just saying shift your focus. Instead of just thinking about doing really well at your current job, think about what can't you do yet and how could you learn that and how could you find some time to start working on that. So again, those were just four of the behaviors that stood out to me. There's a bunch of other good ones, like being too focused on detail, being a perfectionist. Um, Again, there's 12 of these behaviors in the book, and I would highly recommend checking the book out, at least reading the sample from Amazon and seeing what you think. I don't read a lot of books, and I don't recommend a lot of books, but this one is very good. And again, it's How Women Rise by Marshall Goldsmith and Sally Helgeson, and I'll link to it in the show notes. So I want to talk a little bit as we wrap up here about how all of this works with the self-coaching model. And again, the self-coaching model is a tool created by Brooke Castillo that helps us understand how our thoughts create our feelings, which create our actions and our results in turn. So you need to focus on what the thoughts are that are driving these habits that you have. So for example, if we take the first one that I talked about, which was reluctance to claim your achievements, and you've identified that, yeah, that's totally me. I'm I'm great at giving credit to my team and recognizing my team. I'm not quite as good at recognizing myself and taking credit for the contribution that I've made. So if you see yourself in that, we want to go from that behavior, that habit that you see in yourself, and we want to track back to the feelings and the thoughts that are driving that behavior. So for example, in this case, if you picture yourself talking to a room full of people about a successful project that you just led, and you say, I did an awesome job on this project. How would you feel? How would you feel to say, I did an awesome job on this in front of a room full of your coworkers? Would you feel uncomfortable? And why would you feel uncomfortable? That's really the question you want to answer. You want to understand what thoughts are driving that discomfort. And I did some of this work myself, and it was really powerful. And everyone's different, so I encourage you to think through this on your own. But in my example, my discomfort about taking credit like that was really stemming from thoughts of, I don't want other people to see me because I'm flawed. I know that sounds really deep and melodramatic and emo. um, But again, it's just kind of the thoughts that our brains offer up. And a lot of our brains tend to offer the thought that we're not worthy, we're not good enough, or we're flawed in some way. So I recognize that I had this cycle of doing and doing and doing and contributing at work, but not wanting to actually be seen for the work I was creating. And it was just really good to realize that. Um, Then you can work on your thought of I'm flawed instead of just making an action plan to speak up more. 
because it really has to come from an honest place or it's going to seem grasping and inauthentic and not really getting the results you want. In other words, if you just force yourself to say, I'm awesome in front of this room of people, but you still have this underlying thought of not being awesome and not being worthy, it's not going to work out for you and it's not really going to get you the new result and the change that you want to see. So again, I really encourage you to not just think about how you see some of these habits playing out in your own life, but think about why do you have those habits? How do you feel when you're acting out those habits? How would you feel if you acted differently and what thoughts would cause that feeling? I think that's some of the best work to do. And if you can do that, you can really shift the source of where you're coming from. And that's what will ultimately grow you and drive different results than you're getting now. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I, again, I've said I like the book enough times, so I won't say that one more time. But um, let me know if you have any questions on it or if you want any coaching specifically on some of these habits I would be more than happy to do so. So I actually am at offering free client memberships for the rest of 2018. You can sign up on my website at lifesimplybetter.com forward slash coach, C-O-A-C-H. Or you can email me at zoe at lifesimplybetter.com. That's Z-O-E at lifesimplybetter.com. And the reason I'm offering this for free right now is because I am just starting out coaching outside of work. I've coached quite a bit in my corporate job and I continue to do that and I love doing that. I'm coaching a little bit on the side right now too and I'm just starting out with a small group of folks and doing it for free. And I would love to talk to you about your specific situation. I think this is really good work and I love sharing it with other women and other busy working moms. So thank you everyone for listening today. I love that you're listening. Make sure to hit subscribe so you can get a great episode every Tuesday to listen to and have a wonderful week. 